I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, July 4th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. We hope all of you Peak Pals had a great Canada Day long weekend. And for those of you joining us from America, have a very happy 4th of July today. That includes my dear co-host and former Bostonian, Jay Rosenthal, who you loyal listeners may have noticed hasn't been on the pod lately. It's because we are running on a bit of a summer schedule. So both of us are in and out of town. It's kind of tough to get us all on the same stream at once. But don't worry, Peak Pals, Jay and I will be back in your earbuds and on your speakers tomorrow. In the meantime, we've got a great episode for you this Tuesday. For our first story, BC Port Strike enters fourth day. For our second story, wanted construction workers. And for our last story, the lowdown on Canada's new clean fuel rules. For our first story, a union representing BC port workers has extended their long weekend until further notice. So here's what's happening out west. A strike affecting BC ports has entered its fourth day and could potentially impact the flow of goods from the province's coast worth about $800 every single day. Now, about 7,400 port workers load and unload cargo are asking for limitations on contract work and automation, plus a pay bump to reflect the rising cost of living. The Port of Vancouver's plans to build a $3.5 billion semi-automated port terminal have become a central issue, sparking concerns among workers over, well, job security. And it matters because one estimate from the Canadian Chamber of Commerce projects that the disruption caused by a week-long strike could cost the country as much as $5.5 billion. BC government officials, including Premier David Eby, have also warned that major supply chain disruptions could further inflate the cost of goods across the country. Now to zoom out, Back in 2021, the federal government passed legislation to force 1,125 workers at the Port of Montreal back to work after a 12-day strike, setting the threat to supply chains. In a statement shared with The Peak, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce called on the feds to, quote-unquote, immediately recall Parliament to pass legislation to bring the workers back. Meanwhile, the workers' union told business groups to butt out, saying that if the government intervened, there would never be labor peace on the waterfront. And here's the bottom line, Peak Pals. The high cost of the strike has created urgency to reach a resolution quickly, but coming to an agreement, especially around limiting automation, won't be easy. For a second story, hey, do you want to build houses? We're just asking for our friends in the construction industry. Here's what's driving the news around home building, Peak Pals. As one-fifth of the construction workforce nears retirement age, the industry faces a severe labor crunch as it struggles to recruit new builders. 90% of construction companies are also suffering a skilled labor shortage, hindering their ability to meet deadlines and take on projects. And this is why it matters. You can't build homes without builders. And sorry if we sound like a broken record, but we need more homes to restore housing affordability. Specifically, 3.5 million more homes in the country is on track to build by 2030. That's why the industry is dabbling with automation. Canadian startups are chipping in too, like Optimotive, which builds robots for the grunt work, and Promise Robotics, which builds robo-carpenters. And here's the bottom line, Peak Pals. We still need more flesh and blood builders for the foreseeable future. We'd help out if we could, but my delicate hands are only good for typing out newsletter and podcast scripts. For our third story, while you were busy firing up the grill on Saturday, new clean fuel rules quietly came into effect. Here's what's driving the news. 
New clean fuel regulations will require refiners and importers of gas and diesel to reduce emissions across all stages of fuel production and consumption, working towards reducing fuel emissions by 15% from 2016 to 2030. Now, efforts will be measured through carbon credits. Refiners and importers can directly cut their emissions to produce their own credits or buy them from other companies. In any case, generating those carbon credits will require a boatload of money. As in any industry, higher supplier costs are almost always passed down to customers. Wait, you might be wondering, is gas going to get more expensive? Well, the answer is yes, but probably not right away. The requirements start light and will slowly ratchet up as 2030 approaches. Ultimately, Environment and Climate Change Canada estimates that the new regulations could add as much as 13 cents to the price of a liter of gasoline. On top of trying to clean up emissions, making gas prices higher is kind of the point as it motivates people to switch to low or no emission vehicles. And this all matters because the transport sector is Canada's second largest emitter, accounting for 22% of total emissions in 2021. Recent estimates show the new rule will cut emissions by 18 million tons by 2030, about 5 to 6% what's needed to meet that year's reduction target. And here's the bottom line. A parliamentary budget office report found the new rules will slash Canada's GDP by $9 billion by 2030. Meanwhile, some argue it's far more costly not to do it since the greater goal of cutting 231 million of emissions by 2030 would save almost $68 billion. Pig Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice? And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Peak Pals. Happy 4th of July to our American Peak Pals, and we hope you have a great short week. <laughs>